Hello, Screeders. Is it just me, or is it the return of the podcast? Or maybe it's just me returning to the podcast. Don't call it a comeback. I don't really know. I'm not sure it matters. But I did want to mention that my good friend, Sean P. Kelly, mentor extraordinaire in the S of Gaming and BS, has a new podcast out. It's called GM Mastermind. And he uh, is drawing from the source uh, of his peoples and is, you know, having people on the show purposely, what he's calling the mind. And he tries to leverage or get the aid of these guests to talk about whatever he's talking about. I know that there's been some hobgoblins that are there. I mean, Brett was on the GPS most recent signal one. Lost. And uh, I saw Eric Saul's Weedle was on. And uh, I'm not even sure I've caught them all, but I just listened to the recent one about story, which had uh, Anthony from uh, Runes Linger, or Rune Slinger, depending on how you say it. <laughs> anyway, I was just thinking you should all go check that out. I'd also have to say there was an unboxing episode that I actually enjoyed during the great unboxing championships. That award goes to GMologist Presents with Amy and my friend and yours, Carl Rodriguez. So thank you guys for that episode. Good work uh, bringing back the Tim Shorts and... Uh, Happy Whisk combination feel of unboxings. Those are two great things. I should also let you all know, my vehicle may sound a little louder than usual. That's because I'm coming at you live at the time of recording. I'm 90 near between Rochester and Albany, New York. Yeah, we're taking the show on the road, literally. Anyways, let's hear from some callers. I know that's what you're here for, but I don't know. Maybe you're here because today is Thursday, September 1st, 2022. To see me, or hear me, Jason Hobbs, on Random Screen. Hey Jason, the other Jason. Yep, I hear D&D being used for all role-playing games all the time. So, yeah, I, I don't think that's just you. I, I think it's pretty common. Maybe it's just common among us, you know, the Anchorites and other folks. But I don't think so. I, I think D&D is pretty, a, a pretty common use, you know, kind of like pop for soda or a sack for a bag or what, what are some other uncommon use ones I can think of. But you, you know what I'm saying. You know, it's become the Hoover and the Velcro and the, um, whatever. It's it's becoming the, the common term, the, the Google for, you know, for a search. I, I think D&D is the, our parlance, just like, you know, a Coke is a, you know, for any soda. Although I'll, I'll stick with pop. 
Anyway, talk to you later. There is Jason Connerly from Nerds RPG Variety Cast with some of the best intro slash theme music in the podcastosphere, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I think D&D is the Kleenex of tabletop role-playing games. Uh, obviously, they're not all cut. Some of them are Scots, but, you know, it's still Kleenex. But I don't always do it. I think it's happening. I don't think we can control the usage of words. Just like we can't control the term OSR. We can't control the term D&D and what it means or what it doesn't mean. That is what culture does. Cultural drift can shift and uh, change the meaning of terms or games or TV or radio or music or whatever. It's just a fact of life and I don't really think gatekeeping that or trying to is ever energy worth expending. So I could be wrong. I'm glad you agree because we seem to be agreeing on quite a few things lately, which is is rewarding in its own way or fulfilling or makes you feel good to have found some people who feel similarly to you. So thanks for calling in, Jason. Much appreciated. Talking about provisions for the party, I pronounce it rat ions. Because, you know, if my experience with possum is to be believed, you know, rodents are, are pretty delicious. There's no getting around that. But uh, in players, they never tell you where they stow their provisions. Is it in the backpack? Is it in the sack? We don't know. So really, they might as well be floating in a slow orbit around their heads. So there you have it. Rat Ions. Taylor, the whispering GM from Clerics, where... Ringmail Monarchy. <laughs> I was just trying to come up with something other than Empire. It seems like we're becoming or we're edging or <laughs> there's that word again. We are finding direction today a little bit talking about not only the use of words and the definition of words but now the pronunciation have rat ions is that the new way is that what everyone will say I used to say rations when we were playing in uh, Alvarine or whatever the other world in the um, Castle Amber rations I got a buddy I play poker with with his name is Roger. I but sometimes I call him Roger. Same thing as Roger Brasslet, uh, longtime listener to the Screed and to uh, Hobbs and Friends and Gaming and BS is where I met him. Jeez, am I rambling? I don't know. What I do know is I had a few callers who only called in for a few seconds, and I'm not sure if they were testing or what they were doing but uh here and there podcast dana rhodes podcast and one from carl rodriguez where it's only about six seconds long i'm not sure i'm not sure what that was all about but i appreciate you guys i'm not going to play your dead air for people but 
anybody who's listening, uh, I appreciate it. If you uh, are liking it, good. If you're not, let me know. If you're liking it, let me know. It's always good to hear. Because as we used to say, otherwise it just seems like we're talking into the void. Alright, Jace. Um, are my ears deceiving me? Players carrying ladders through the jungle and the swamps and all that. I mean, let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. Why are we carrying these ladders around? You're in the jungle, man. Have we not got axes and tools? Just when you need a ladder, you just chop down the nearest couple of poles and then get your rope, bust it into little strands to make lashings or choose some suitable grassy fibrous plant make some lashings and you build your ladder when you need it you, you don't carry a ladder who carries a ladder oh my days anyway mate um enjoying enjoying the show and I'm, I'm liking what you're doing with them death saves keep the players in the fight yes take care and i'll catch you later colin from spike pit Dropping some truth bombs on all those players out there carrying ladders. Oh my days, he said. <laughs> oh, too good. Too good, Colin. Love it. Uh, I should say that, yes, some people were trying to carry ladders in Kalmata, but this was an actual session that I was in that the GM, the whispering GM, Taylor for Clerics Wear Ringmail is running. And he said, what is the player's obsession with ladders? I don't know. Haven't you guys ever heard of the garrulous journey of Conan the Ladderer and his efforts to enter the man-sized gore hell on the bronze ziggurat? I, I can't say I've read that story either, but I might write that some bit. <laughs> Uh, thanks for the call, Colin. Hey, Jason, I definitely think you can do faction play in Hyperborea. Kevin Madison did a great job with Tulaberg um, in our Reavers of Tule campaign and had different factions going on in Tulaberg, and we would uh, court different factions, which I think was kind of cool. I don't know if you need that much detail. If you read any Conan story, especially the early stuff in Conan the Thief type stuff, um, when he was doing that, uh, like Zamora, his Zamora adventures, etc. I mean, there's definitely factions that happen or do things, and Conan gets caught up. I think the God in the Bowl is a great example, for example, of how Conan gets caught up uh, with uh, different factions and totally by happenstance in a way. Anyway, we've done a lot of, I've done some of that in the background. The players don't quite know what all the factions are. Important Zingarios, which is like Cordova in Zingara, in the Conan world, but in Hyperborea. Um, so there you go. It can happen. Arguably the unboxing champion himself, Carl Rodriguez from the Geomologist Presents. Hey, man. Thanks for calling in, buddy. This seems all great to me, uh, but it seems that the GM, Zach Pierce, has shifted once more away from Hyperborea. The reason being is there isn't a great um, module for Foundry on Hyperborea, nor on uh, Fantasy Grounds, nor on Roll20. And this all stems from 
the owner of Hyperborea, uh, Jeffrey Talanian, not uh, not thinking that those things are important. I think he's missing an opportunity personally. And uh, if someone wanted to go make one of those for Foundry, I think there'd be a lot of happy players of uh, Hyperborea. Uh, faction play. I don't know if screeders might remember, but I used to have a little table that I called my faction interaction table that I used a deck of cards for. I have to say it's only 70% done, uh, and the rest you have to make up 30% in your head, but it's kind of fun. It uses the suits to declare uh, like what type of interaction it might be. Uh, commerce, I don't even remember what all of them are, to be honest, but I'd have to find that table and talk to you about it. I think you could use a reaction table, but the whole idea was a way to generate faction play without a GM just deciding what all the factions do during the faction turn, so to speak, which I think is what um, Kevin Crawford called it in, in all of his his games. There should be a Kevin Crawford system. I don't know if it's the Synomine system, but the tags and the methodology of running a game since there have been so many genre books put out by uh, Kevin Crawford that deal with that system. There should be like a name for it or something. An echo resounding? I don't know. I don't know. But I think this will lead in to what I'm going to talk about today. Good work, Carl. And thanks for calling in, my man. And uh, good job winning that unboxing belt. If he is up or down, his podcast still comes round. Hobbs is in his van. Don't turn off that sat nap man. Random screed, random screed. Don't know what you get, but it's what you need. All right. As previously mentioned, um, one of the games in the works, which probably won't start until October, and I am taking applications for playing, is actually a urban fantasy using Osric. So it's not AD&D 1E. It's similar to it, but just like any of these little games, they kind of have their own house rules into it. It doesn't have the crazy-ass uh, weapon specialization with bows and such that comes with 2nd Edition and late 1E. It does have some specialization and dual specialization, but it's it's kind of narrowed and it's well-defined. And uh, the GM and I are looking at the Osric. I plan on uh, making an AP out of this, so this is going to be an Osric AP, and it's going to be in Greyhawk, and it's going to be in the free city of Greyhawk. He's working on the maps and foundry. It seems like there's really good... Um, VTT tools for Osric. So there you go. Brett Blazinski out there. Somebody else is going to actually play Osric. And I kind of wonder why I've never opened this book. This might be the perfect race and class game out there. So if you don't have Osric, I know you can order it from uh, Black Blade Publishing if you want to get a hard copy. 
and there may be free PDFs out there. I don't, I don't really know where what that is exactly, but I do know that I have it, and I've been looking at it, and I kind of like it. I kind of like some of the ways, like it just says, you know, like Rangers can track, and it's a percentile, and it's just kind of simple. I don't think it is going to overbear uh, my OSE nor LFG in my mind for my favorite game. But I'm going to be happy to play it. And uh, I'm wondering if any of you other people out there have actually looked very closely at Osric and actually read it. So I'm reading a rule book, and uh, that's quite unusual because I still haven't gotten through the rule book that I wanted to read next, which is uh, Helvetia from uh, Gabor Lux, Milan. Um, but I'm not playing uh, Helvetia, I'm playing Osric. And like I say, that'll probably, we're looking to start that in October. I have a hectic September. I'm currently on a trip, and then I have a trip to uh, Florida, Sanibel, in, uh, at, the end of, uh, at the end of September. So I'm busy until the 6th of September, and then I'm leaving near like the 24th or something of September. So my availability for games is limited in the month of September. I cannot miss any calls for work because I have to have a certain number of available slots uh, just by the way the work works. Work works. I like that, people. I like it. Work works. So, anyway, that is... Uh, I would, I'm curious to know what happens and if you guys have any experience, talk about your own experience with the free city of Greyhawk. And uh, beyond that, you know, like what your faction rules are, faction interaction, if you have any thoughts on that. Um, yeah, so that is topic number one. streeters i don't know if you've been paying attention but as mentioned we are on the road between rochester and albany uh we just had a quick break still working it's definitely a little more hilly here than what we've seen thus far on the trip but i did spend the day in niagara falls and one of the questions i have or thoughts i have is the idea of a setting piece as a character in a story. So in the distant past, I think I've mentioned using Kalmata itself as a character or your safe place as a character. It's not necessarily the, the player characters that are the protagonist, but they're the protagonist probably, but the set the location or the setting itself can also be a character as a foil maybe or as you know an antagonist so another type of character in a story and it's so predominant that it actually becomes character level in the story like a dungeon could be a character possibly like if you're playing barrel maze 
then the boar itself is almost a character in the story because you're so often there. And maybe, maybe I'm just talking too much in literary terms and we should have our own terms for D&D, right? Or for games. Maybe literary or movie terms don't really work. Maybe we should get rid of them. I just recently heard Anthony on Runesinger on the um, GM Mastermind talking about maybe we should have our own terms. Maybe it's time to ditch those terms. Um, but I do have a book called Fantastic Locations, I think, from the lazy GM. Mike Shea, I think is it Shea? Shea? I don't know how to pronounce it. But uh, he talks about a little bit in that book, not necessarily in the same terms that I'm using, but the same idea of having a setting or a location be, uh, you know, fairly important in the story. And I don't think this is unusual in fantasy tabletop role-playing games. I think this is fairly common uh, as the dungeon quotes the dungeon, even though it could be different dungeons or it could be a hex crawl, because, hey, what is a hex other than a dungeon with six exits? Unless it doesn't have six, maybe it has five because there's a roaring river on one side or a chasm or a cliff wall or who knows what. It could be anything. But I was in Niagara and I feel like that area could really be ripe for exploration in a fantasy tabletop role-playing game. Because let's just take Niagara Falls and help. You have, you know, the various falls on the uh, U.S. side, American Falls, Bridal Veil Falls. You know, there's, a, there's maybe another one I can't think of the name of right now. But, you know, they're massive. They have water leading up to them. There's certainly an area on the top. Uh, there's some topography there, you know, so you could have different heights. Uh, down at the bottom, there's, I mean, it's a cliff that drops. It's a gorge, right? It's a gorge as well as it heads off uh, east. But there's also cave systems there. You know, you have the Cave of the Winds, and it looks like there's a cave system on the Canadian side. <clears throat> and then the masterpiece, the headpiece, is the horseshoe falls themselves and there's a lot of cool things i mean it's fresh water so you could have some different types of fauna you could have some different types of flora involved in this uh location as well as sound right i mean that's one of the things that people use as a hit against mega dungeons is the idea that it's so noisy if you're being noisy at all, like the whole complex can get after you. So let's just take the Caves of Chaos and put a water in a, in a canyon or a gorge like um, the Niagara Falls area. How sweet is that? I'm definitely doing one. I don't know what game it's going to go into. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't have a spot for it on uh, Kalmata. I kind of wish I did. There is a huge waterfall in, uh, in the Zadabad area but it's not nearly the size or the scope of Niagara Falls. What do you guys think? I mean, do you have any other ideas on what sort of environments or similarly equated locations that could be almost considered a character in a story for, you know, a few sessions or whatever? And how would you do that 
I mean, is, isn't that kind of what a mega dungeon is, especially if you're looking at uh, Dr. Greg Gillespie's stuff, like uh, Highfell or Duero Deep or uh, the Caverns of Archaea. Like, those are definitely areas that you could play multiple, multiple sessions in, and, you know, the location is so integral to the type of game you're playing, it's, it's got to be it's almost a character. I know this is kind of some abstract thinking. It feels abstract to me as well, but what do you guys think? I mean, who wants to play in my new, uh, my new waterfall game? <laughs> Drop a line. Get in line. I don't know why, but I feel like I need a closing here. So if you ever have anything you want to talk about as maybe a future topic, call me. If you want to comment on the idea of uh, how faction play should work or your adventures in Greyhawk, the free city, or any past episode, feel free to contact me. I have to admit that it's I'm finding it difficult to call into some shows. Uh, if you have some shows that you're watching, or I should say listening to, let me know. I, I really enjoy that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, I guess I just wanted to... It didn't feel like the episode was over yet, so I wanted to let you know that I do have a Discord. It's called The Gamerhood. If you don't know what it is or how to get to it, give me a call, drop me a line. I have my own YouTube channel where you can watch uh, like a lot of actual plays, including, including uh, things like Kalmata, the Midlands, my duet gaming. Um, I have a Patreon where I've been trying to create some community around the Patreon, but it hasn't really been working. In some ways, it's like if you have a Discord, you really need uh, to create community around the Patreon. I don't know. I'm also looking for any ideas on how to get more interaction going on my Discord. After I took off for a while, uh, I feel like it's not as active as I'd like. But I would like to point out that I have a couple new uh, supporters at the monthly gamer level. And I wanted to thank those guys, John and Glenn. Welcome to the Gamerhood. Until next time. It's better to burn out than to fade away. Yeah, I was on the camp. The depths are full of cheer.